0: Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests and providing some entertainment to start your work day. Today we're gonna to talk about manners. Now manners come up in a lot of different contexts, right? how you behave when you're at a meal with someone whether you say please and thank you whether or not you send thank you notes for a gift you've received our focus here today is hiring etiquette some of you might have thought wow what is that topic about well here's what i keep hearing from applicants and i think it's valid jen i submitted my resume and it went into a black hole no one ever told me anything I didn't know if I was being considered, if I wasn't being considered. Couldn't the employer have the decency to just say, you don't meet the requirements, and then that way I won't be thinking I'm going to get a call from them? Or, Jen, I interviewed with this company two weeks ago. I spent three hours with them, and nobody's called me back since. I've left two messages. No one returns my call. Or, Jen, I got a call from this A recruiter who told me that the manager wanted to interview me that was a week ago they've never called back and they're not returning my email messages those are problems okay because in this environment when it is so tough to recruit and so hard to retain the people we want to retain HR has a critical role during the initial communications with these folks remember we're not only evaluating the applicant they're evaluating us and even if somebody doesn't fit for a current position maybe they'll fit for one in the future we sure don't want to burn that bridge right so here's the deal a lot of us are using AI artificial intelligence in fact we're about to do a webinar this fall on AI because it's becoming a big deal in the workplace and we're getting a lot of questions about it AI allows employers to take shortcuts right so for example you advertise your positions on indeed and a bot decides your most qualified 25 candidates and then you can review those candidates bots can do a decent job but they're not going to necessarily catch everything so one of the things you can do if you're using indeed or you're using one of these online platforms for recruiting is make sure that your job announcement is really clear what are the actual requirements for the job so that the people who are selected are really people who are going to have a good shot at getting the job i have a friend who's looking for a job right now he's changing careers. And he's been on Indeed a lot. He's had emails from people who want to interview him for doctor's positions. By the way, he's a landscaper. He's not a doctor. Uh, Lawyer positions. Um, Someone wanted him to be the head of security at a huge Fortune 50 company because the bot picked something out of his experience and issued this auto-generated invitation to interview. I know we're busy, I know there's a lot going on, but when you're using this kind of technology, there also needs to be a human touch. By the way, you can also generate on these websites and these platforms, if a person's resume hasn't been selected for the next process, so they're not gonna go on to a further screening or they're not gonna go on to an interview, they can be sent an automated message. Your application is no longer being considered, thank you for your interest. There are things we can do. All of these platforms have ways for us to do this, but a lot of times we don't even think about it, right? Because we're getting like 5,000 resumes when we post a job. In a good hiring market, by the way, these days it's a lot tougher. So I want us to think about HR etiquette when we are hiring. How do we communicate with our applicants? This can be as easy as if you set up an interview, make sure you're on time. Send your applicant directions. Have muffins or bagels or at least coffee available for the applicant. This kind of stuff matters because we are selling ourselves as much as they are selling themselves. And if we don't set it up that way, if we don't understand where we can make a difference, where we can set ourselves apart, it's a problem. We're hiring for two lawyers right now. We had two terrific lawyers who left for personal reasons last year, and we missed them. They were great, and we need to fill their shoes. So we've been advertising, you know, um, on website. We have, we're advertising online. We're doing a lot of different things. We've contacted some recruiters who, frankly, haven't been very good until we got this new recruiter. And the first thing they asked me on the phone was, how do you distinguish yourself from other law firms? Do you know that none of the other recruiters have ever asked that question? And I thought to myself, oh, these people might actually be worth hiring. Because what they've got to go do is convince one of these employees who's working for someone else, a lawyer who's at another firm, or a lawyer who's moving from another state, for example, that they want to come to us. They've got to sell us. And so they need to know that we offer profit sharing and that our billable hours are lower than most other law firms. And we have a very generous bonus package, a very generous benefits package. They've got to know that before they're even going to be interested in leaving where they are. And it just reminded me of how much we are selling ourselves to these applicants. And once they show up on site or remotely, once they're our employee, we're still selling ourselves, right? So HR should respond to emails quickly. They should make sure they know people in the organization. They should say hello when they see them. They should try to remember the small talk of, how's your dog? How's your kid? What's going on? Oh, I heard you ran a marathon. Like so many times as HR professionals, we get buried. We have so much work to do. And the last thing we wanna go do is be in the presence of an employee who might ask us to do something else, right? We just wanna sit buried in our office and think, okay, let me just get on top of this compensation plan. Let me just get these revisions done to our employee handbook. Let me figure out what our new comp plan is gonna be. And then I can be social. Then I can go talk to people, won't work. That has to be what you're doing all the time. That needs to be part of your focus in HR, employee relations, right? Now in some organizations, employee relations is a separate component of HR, that's fine. You're still dealing with how are you gonna engage your employees? How are you gonna keep them happy? How are you gonna see them progress? What are you gonna do to give them constructive feedback? so hr etiquette is not only about hiring it's also about retaining our talent but you can't get the talent in the door if you don't impress them at the applicant stage when you're doing interviews when you're getting back to them about benefits when you're about to send them an offer letter i love it when we're about to send an offer letter to an employee whether lawyer or staff And we call them first. Ronnie, our firm administrator and I, we call them first and we say, oh, we're so excited to let you know that an offer letter is coming. And they're always, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't believe it. This is fantastic. We don't just send them an email like, here's your offer letter, take it or leave it. Right now, part of that is we're excited to have them truly, like we don't have to put on a show because we're thrilled that they're coming. But that stuff matters. And our employees tell us when they get here. That stuff matters. I appreciated how quickly you called me back when I had a question about the health insurance benefits. I appreciated that my first day here, you had a lunch so everybody could meet me. I appreciated that you came to be in the middle of my first day and asked if my desk was organized the way I wanted it. That stuff matters. And by the way, we've learned this through trial and error, folks. We have had feedback from applicants and employees where Ronnie and I have said, "Uh uh-oh, We didn't do so well on that one. We got to improve. What do we need to do differently? So if you have in your mind that you are selling your organization to the applicant as much as they're selling themselves to you, that's going to go a long way. Rather than they're lucky we're considering them at all. They would be lucky to have this job. We don't hire everybody. It's very tough to get in here. So they should just be thrilled that they said they would get to the next stage. So that is the way I want you to think about your recruiting activities with an eye towards showing the applicant what it's going to be like when they get in the organization, how we're going to treat them when they show up what we're going to do when they get here, because that matters, especially when someone is choosing among a number of different opportunities, as most applicants are these days, that's how they make a decision. One of the things that matters and study after study shows this is how they were treated during the application process, during the recruiting process. Did they feel like they got attention? Did they feel like we were organized? Did they feel like we're on top of things? Did they feel like we understand how tough it is to be doing an interview and to be leaving a job, whether you want to be leaving or not? It's still tough. It's a transition. Having to find a new job is one of the most stressful things that come up in anyone's life. There was just something I read about this, you know, obviously losing a a loved one, um, having a significant illness, and having to change jobs. Like, those are like the top three things. Very stressful. So the easier and more welcoming we can make it, the more likely we're going to get those good applicants. Now, We obviously don't want to take this too far where people feel like we're fawning over them or we're letting individual managers and supervisors contact people when they shouldn't be. There should still be a centralized process. Human resources has to be the center of that process. But when you think about it, we want to always put our best foot forward, no matter what we're doing in an organization at work or in our private lives. And most of us are pretty tough on ourselves, right? I mean, it's very rarely do I have a day where I sit down and say, oh, I did everything pretty well today. There's always something that I think, oh, darn it, I should have done that, or I could have done that, or I shouldn't have said that, or that came out the wrong way. We're human beings, it's going to happen. But if you use some manners, and I don't even mean you personally, if you set it up whether you're doing online recruiting, whatever you're doing. So it is apparent to your applicants that they're going to matter when they come through the door. That's going to go a long way to getting you the most qualified candidates and helping you keep them. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast because it's a big thing HR professionals tell us they're worried about. We got to get the right talent and then we don't want them to go anywhere else. We don't want to train them and have them leave us. We want them to stay. And so we have to put our best foot forward just like they have to put their best foot forward. It's worth the effort, folks. I know it takes time, I know it takes energy, I know it takes resources, but it is worth it. So put that on your to-do list. Evaluate your hiring and recruiting process. Are you doing enough? Are you communicating enough? Are you explaining enough? Are you accessible enough? The time you spend honing the process just a little bit is really gonna pay off for all of you. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Have a great rest of your day and go enjoy the sunshine. Thanks everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn facebook and twitter and email us at info at workplace wake up including its guests and hosts do not provide legal advice in this podcast do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction